0: Hello everyone, this is Inside the Tribe. We talk here about moving to another country, integration, challenges, fun and experiences while living in different culture. Today I have a new guest, it's Zinep. Hi Zinep. Hello. Thank you for joining us today for this talk and I'm really curious to hear your story. Could you tell me uh, what is your experience in uh, moving to another country, where you're from, and how was it for you to um, integrate in different cultures?
1: Sure. So first of all, thank you so much, Maria, for having me. So I'm from Morocco. I lived there until my seventeen. 17- And then I moved to study in Switzerland. So I stayed in Switzerland for about uh, four or five years uh, before I went to Edinburgh, uh, where I did my master thesis. And then I moved to Rwanda for uh, six months to a year to join my, my boyfriend at a time, which will become my husband now. And then I had to move back to Morocco because I didn't have any papers anymore Mm -hmm. uh, to be abroad and then came back through switzerland leave uk for again four or five years and then finally back to switzerland again so
0: wow (laughs) it's it's a
1: bit of a ping pong yeah what a journey
0: how many years you had it all like all the story is it 10 years 15 years
1: uh so uh, basically i moved away from morocco at 17 uh so it's basically half of my life uh, in morocco and half and the other half abroad
0: okay would you tell me how was your first experience so when you went for studies in switzerland how was that change for you
1: First move was amazing. For me, it was uh, total freedom, uh, coming as a student, uh, meeting a lot of people, being with your parents anymore. I also joined my brother, which was already in Switzerland for a couple of years. And for us, it was also a reunion, to be honest, because uh, he left home very early. He was Mm -hmm. 14 when he left home. So founding that bond again with my brother was also a very important step at that stage so it was it was a very very positive experience to be honest i would say the only thing that troubled me at the time was the lack of spontaneity of people so in morocco you don't need to call people before uh, knocking at their door and saying you know i'm i'm going to have lunch with you or yeah. exactly i'm i'm just here i was passing by uh, i was around the corner uh, let's let's grab a drink you know like all that spontaneity wasn't there and you needed Very much to organize, meeting people, going out with people. And that for me was a very weird concept at the time.
0: Okay, so that was the biggest uh, difference, right? Yeah, exactly. But I think it's great that you had already your brother here. It's such a big help, I think, with the moving, that if you have a family or part of your family in that country already. Absolutely. It was a big help. And in
1: the, the first couple of years, we were actually living t- together in the same flat. So uh, it was definitely a big help and a big help also in the integration, because he already had friends. He introduced me to people. Obviously, uh, I made my own friends as well through, through school and university but you know he already had a network he already had some habits he introduced me to people to places so definitely that was a big help for me
0: yeah, And that just be happy for you that you had uh, such a close person nearby when you moved. Yeah. If you compare next moves to Scotland and Rwanda, what was different with those moves? Oh my God. Yeah. So
1: the, the move to uh, Scotland was a very bad one or a bad experience one. Like I don't regret it. I would definitely do it again. Uh, that's where I learned to speak English. So that was definitely the big, the big win of that move. It was a very, very hard one. I went alone. I knew nobody. I moved in with a couple of students that were a lot younger than me, all local. So either Scottish or British. Uh, yes. Yeah, So I knew nobody. Uh, My English was really bad at the time. The accents, the Scottish accent was very, very, very hard for me to understand. Even working there because I was doing my master thesis was actually very challenging. I could obviously understand English, but I was asking people to write things they were saying (laughs) for six months. So six months, it was very challenging. Thank God I found she's Palestinian. So she was very also close to, to my culture, my way of living which I found Scotland or the UK very different, actually, because I found people uh, much more distant. I found, found it very difficult to have uh, deep conversations with people. So for me, it was very superficial and you couldn't really get intimate with people. Also that uh, drinking culture, which I mean, I drink too and I love drinking and I love going out. Uh, for a drink but that drinking culture of okay let's let's get wasted to be able to connect with people and then the next day like nothing happened was also very concerning and shocking for me so I, I really I really struggled there so thank god I found Zara my uh, my soul sister which which helped me a lot through uh through that period
0: that's great yeah i think even with people in other cultures sometimes you just match and you have this yeah connection which is really strong doesn't matter where you grew up but mm-hmm. somehow you talk about things or think about things the same right mm-hmm.
1: yeah exactly
0: wow yeah that sounds like a very different experience <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in your collection. Can you tell me please what brought you to Rwanda?
1: Okay, so Rwanda, uh, when I went to the um, uh, Scotland, uh, my boyfriend at the time uh, went and did his civil service in Rwanda for a year. Uh, so basically when I finished my studies, I either had the choice to continue studying because I couldn't stay in Europe unless I found a job and I didn't have a job at the time. So either continue studying studying or go back to morocco or go to rwanda i was like okay i'm still young i don't care let's go to rwanda let's have this experience and then we we will see uh what life
0: yeah. brings you after know, that did you know anything about rwanda before you went there
1: yes you, you everybody knows about the genocide but that's basically that's basically it uh, then obviously my husband my boyfriend at a time uh, was there uh, six months before I came in so I obviously heard uh, his stories and his impression of the country, which was actually very positive. So I went there in a very positive mindset and I was, you know, going back to my boyfriend. So I, I didn't have any specific idea in my mind, to be honest, until I, I arrived and I discovered this this country. I've never been, before that moment, I've never been to sub sorry in africa so uh, all i knew from africa was Morocco. so when i arrived there very big cultural shock but in a much positive way than what i lived in scotland like what uh, you in the sense that you discover people uh, that are very hurt by their uh, their history, their stories, what they live. The genocide is still very, very fresh in their mm. minds. Um, there is a lot of sadness, but there is a lot of openness and there is a lot of hope. And you see really people fighting for a better future and doing all they can for the younger generations to erase that horrible moments in their lives so and, and, and you see the consequences of the genocide on people's emotional state but also on physically because you, you
0: still see the physical scars I mean it cannot just go away it's a, it's a big impact and trauma then. Absolutely
1: yeah and it's not going to go away for generations. It's eye opening it's very much humbling uh, what these people lived and your own experience of life which is basically all rosy and happy and uh, you know like nothing really bad happened in our lives compared to what what these people lived so uh, you just put things in perspective um, and we lived very simply in the middle of the jungle Uh, the sisters in a church uh, you know we didn't have a fridge we didn't have a shower Uh, you just come back to very very basic living and and you realize suddenly that what you actually lived or you the way of uh, western living is completely crazy because you don't need that much in your life to actually be happy because we were very very happy without things it's clear up the mind i
0: would say right
1: Exactly. Without, without nothing, you know, okay. You, we didn't have a fridge. Well, that's fine. We went to the, to the market every day, fetching uh, uh, a few things and, and that's it. You you don't need that. The shower, it's fine. You have a bucket of water. Thank God you have water.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The clean one. Yep.
1: Uh, Exactly. And, uh, and that's it. And then we were just, uh, you know, taking care of our students and teaching and sharing as much of our experience um, as we could and i think we learned more from them than they learned from us to be honest
0: so yeah we sometimes don't expect if we teach someone that we will have a big impact from their experience and their things exactly yeah yeah um you reminded me um before having kids we made a travel with my husband we went to morocco for 10 days Uh and it's amazing i need to say still it's Uh amazing country i have more impression from the country than from Marrakech because I yeah. think it's a bit pro-touristic and very loud so we absolutely. were absolutely there several days and then we went to Atlas to Mountains just us on the big jeep off-road yeah. nature is just amazing and it has so many colors like the gray atlas then it was red dunes and then yeah went to Kvazazat and uh, I don't remember now the name but the last city and like village and then it's just Sahara Zagora, uh, yeah, exactly. Thank you for that. Tip. And then we went with uh, a guide because with one car you done if you stuck mm-hmm. on dunes. And um, we also met some nomads who live in the really desert Sahrawis? probably. But they really—it's like there was a tent. There was an old mm-hmm. old lady grandma with two kids and parents went for water and food. And we had a translator to talk with her because um, she didn't speak. Arabic, but barbarian. But, yeah, barbarian. And then we asked her, how old is she? And she said, I don't know. Oh, yeah. And that's, then... that's
1: very common. <laughs>
0: exactly. It's like one day passed. I'm there. I am healthy. I have things to eat and that's OK. And then my husband was a bit surprised. He's like, yeah, she didn't ask where we are from and i like she, of course she doesn't care she doesn't care what's going on in Marrakesh not in another country she has <laughs> your small life she's happy with what she has and that's it so you look differently after such stories at your life or like yeah. what we want in life it's so fast yeah. and we want so much and if you don't have something you kind of um, not pushed, but there is this expectation from people what you uh-huh. need to have or what you yeah. need to do. sometimes we I think we're so overwhelmed with that.
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, what I wanted to say as well is like even having this experience, when we came back, you take a while to readapt to Western way of living, but it doesn't take long, and that always surprised me how quickly you get back and you get used again to comfort. Yeah. And you don't actually realize how amazing your shower is or how amazing your bed is or how amazing is it to have a fridge. The, the only thing that kept with me for, for a while, actually, is that I couldn't go to the supermarkets anymore. That was something I, I just couldn't do. Why? It was too much. I was like, oh my God, like so much choice for one. So much food, uh, so much Uh, waste—it was too overwhelming. So that was the one thing that stayed with me for uh, for a little while. But it's so sad to lose that—the fact that you realize that uh, the little things in life are so amazing compared to what other people
0: can live. Yeah, I think such experience is really important in life and. Mm -hmm. You know, we forget about this if we don't tell people or something. If this topic doesn't come up, mm-hmm. we sometimes forget because you run running in your schedule and in your life. So yeah. I think it's really good to reflect and share such stories. Yeah, It seems for me that along your story, the one important moment is also people because we said it was first your brother that was a big yeah. plus for your integration and moving then you found your friend in Scotland then you went to Rwanda but with your boyfriend so I think you're very lucky to be accompanied with the close people on your travels or moving? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I
1: never really, except for these couple of months when I moved to Scotland, I never felt alone in me being away from home.
0: How was it for your parents that you moved and so many years already not at home?
1: Okay, so I guess for my parents, we, always, we were always brought up in the idea that you have to get away from morocco you have to leave Uh, there is no future for you in morocco so whatever it takes you have to go and you have to stay there so that was very ingrained in our education okay having said that it doesn't mean that it's not hard for My mom, I mean, my my dad passed away 15 years ago now, but but for my mom, it's obviously still very hard and still very hard now and even harder now that we have kids. Yeah. Me and my brother have kids and are away.
0: Was it common in your surrounding, uh, among your school friends or... In Morocco, that the same thing? (laughs) No,
1: no, 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 not at all. All of this because I lived in a surrounding of people who were quite wealthy, uh, whether it's uh, my cousins or uh, my friends uh, at school, because I did a French school. But actually, we were not wealthy. Um, and my mom uh, worked a lot and sacrificed a lot to be able to offer us the the education that we got. Um, and even when we left, the contract was very clear. The contract was... Look, I can afford to pay you the first year, but then you are on your own. So, uh, you have to work you, if you find a scholarship, whatever. But like the only thing that I can afford is like, the first year. It's like a start. I give you the
0: first exactly push pushing. Yeah,
1: exactly. I give you the first push. The first year, you don't have to work. You concentrate on your studies and then you are an adult and you go, you go on your own in life. So in my surroundings, people, when they, get back to Morocco, they have something to get back to. They have their father's uh, company, exactly, their father's business, or they have uh, connections. I guess everywhere it's the same. The marketplace of employment is all with connections, but it's even more true in Morocco. If you you can have whatever uh, master's or PhD or, you know, whatever education you have and whatever grades you have, if you don't have connections, you have Nothing. You don't even find a job. So uh, you know, my mom was a teacher in school. My father was a farmer. Uh, so we had nothing to go back to. Um, so for them, the, the salvation was to get out of here, do our lives elsewhere.
0: What I hear also from my mom that her mom wished that she would have easier and better life. She wished that yeah. for me. I think we all as parents wish for our kids the better lives that we lived. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Hearing the uh, what they were working and I think it's um, it took them a lot of resources and strengths for you and your brother to give you this chance. Yeah, exactly
1: and and like all my cousins who uh who also went abroad uh who also studied abroad they all came back they all came back and they all lived the the happy steady uh moroccan life with a big house and two cars and a maid at home and a chauffeur to drive their kids <laughs> and uh, you know like it's it's a different it's it's not a life that i wish for myself to be honest <laughs> so, okay sounds not too uh, bad probably for some uh, people it, yeah it, yeah, it, it sounds great, but it's not actually, because I don't think I would trade my life and my struggles 100 times uh, rather than having this life, this easy, steady life, like, you know, whatever you want your parents get, give you, I, I mm-hmm. don't know, I know, pretty
0: empty life for me. <laughs> okay. Would you share with me what it means for you to have, have and live the full life Uh, my sense
1: of living the full life is just experiencing new things uh, and keeping experiencing new things I me and my husband get bored very quickly um, and you can see it through our experiences and our moves even within Switzerland so now we've been in Switzerland now for eight years we moved just within Switzerland three times okay yeah, because we follow opportunity uh we follow whatever we feel like to be honest we we try not to have too much attachments to things and we follow experiences we follow our hearts and whatever it leads us to be yeah. honest
0: that's that's for me is the life yeah But I wanted to say that probably you're a lucky person if and when your partner is on the same page with you.
1: And and we have a rule as well between us. If, for example, this move, I initiated this move because I wanted to do uh, X. So the next move is his to do. Whatever he decides next, I need to follow and adapt my way of living to his next step. And we do that on a rolling basis, really. We've been also very lucky because it worked out. It worked out. And we were in positions where our employers followed us. Our family was okay with it so we didn't find a lot of struggle or a lot of resistance in all our moves really and that's also what we believe is karma we believe that if you if we are doing the right thing the universe is helping you in this direction and is giving you the the green signs yes that's fine you can do you can
0: do this keep going so yeah yeah you I think made an eye-opening statement for me in the last sentences and maybe for some people also because that's amazing that you have this switch one time you decide and take a chance and he follows and then he does it because I hear many stories Mm -hmm. that one partner kind of move and continue development or it's a line for one person usually and the second partner adapt Mm -hmm. more. So it's a really interesting story from you to hear this agreement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an amazing agreement. I love this agreement.
1: (laughs) I think it's very unique. Because it's it's a win-win, to be honest. Because when it's your move, It's your decision. You feel like you are progressing or you are doing whatever you want to do. And then when it's their move, it's also giving you opportunities that you would have not thought about. You know, even if, yes, you have to adapt, you have to find solutions to make this work, but it also opens gates that you would probably have not
0: opened on your own true wow I think I would have this story of this agreement in my head for quite some time just you know to to that it boils and adapts somehow it's (laughs) it's it's amazing thank you for that it's one of the I think biggest thing that I will take from today's talk with you. Another question that I had, what culture or from what country is your partner, is your husband? So he is Swiss, Italian and Canadian. <laughs> it's a mix. It's quite a mix. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he uh, he was born in Switzerland. His parents are both full Italians. He grew up in France and his dad got the Canadian citizenship when he went to be a taxi driver over there.
0: Well, now I'm not surprised that two of you just a couple with such a <laughs> mixed stories. I think it's such a colorful <laughs> Family that you created, how all the cultures, how all the traditions are mixed in your family? Can you share it a bit?
1: say for us it is the most important is values we share the same values so we share family values so we are both very family people uh, we share curiosity or the the openness to everything actually to other cultures to other languages to travels so for us that's that's our core really and then the rest of it is everyone does whatever they want to do and I don't think cultures are opposed. And to be honest, actually, I think his culture is very much Italian and the Italian culture is very, very similar to the Moroccan culture in the sense that uh, we love eating. We spend a lot of time around the table, (laughs) quite a patriarchal uh, society, you know, with the men working and the, the women spending more time at home. It's not the case, but it's okay. Like, I I completely accept it and I completely live it because that's the way I grew up. I grew up around women who were all working, but women who were taking care of their houses and their kids. For me, and that's exactly what I'm creating again in my own family, I work, but I'm the one taking care of the, the house and the kids more. Yeah. it's not abnormal it's it's absolutely fine and then uh, religion for us again wasn't a big issue because even though i'm i'm born muslim i never really practice it we i'm from a family that is very open-minded and everyone in the family uh we have very religious people we have people that are completely atheist uh we have moderate uh, religious people so we have a bit of uh, of everything steph uh, so my husband was also uh, was born catholic but again also he's not very practicing but i don't find any any conflict or any discontinuity in this even like steph had to be able to get married a muslim woman uh, my husband needs to be muslim because the the religion is transmitted through the father so he actually had to convert to islam so our marriage could be recognized in morocco so he did it and that was seamless he did of course he did it he did it but for us it's it's just a paper For us, it's not, you know, it's nothing important. It's just what we need to do to enable us, to enable us to live what we want to live. It doesn't mean that today he's more Muslim than Catholic or like he still goes to church. Like when, when we have Christmas, we have the little, the, the, the the little Jesus, the little Jesus figure, whatever, you know, like we, we do that completely without even thinking to be honest we have both cultures we and and for some people it's very shocking when I when I when I say that story that he had to convert and and people really are oh how can
0: how can he accept
1: that like
0: I I can imagine it can be a shock for me it's more surprise because I don't hear much stories I hear that more women change their religion to be with the men, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's also it's more surprise mm-hmm. for me than a shock. But but a lot of people
1: was were very shocked by this. But I'm also saying, uh, who cares? Like nobody is obliging him to practice the Islamic religion, and I don't practice it myself. I don't see the problem. You know, we have a paper in <laughs> in our admin uh, that says that he's Muslim, but but that's it, really.
0: Yeah. What would be the most important? tips or advice you would give to people living in another country or just moving to another country to feel more home and adapted there?
1: For me, and as you mentioned it earlier, is find your people. Find the people uh, that you feel at home with uh, no matter where you are it doesn't matter whether you are in Rwanda or in England or in Scotland or Switzerland if you find that connection with people and it doesn't mean when I say your people it doesn't mean people that are from your own culture or your uh, own country I just say that you have a spiritual connection
0: with them that allows you to feel home yeah I wonder where Are you on your way? And if you see that there'll be soon another move or another journey for you? Oh, (laughs) that's that's
1: a very interesting question because, you know, I was saying to you, we try not to ground ourselves nowhere. So we had this freedom to be able to move. And obviously the COVID came by and put things in perspective for us. And we actually bought a house. Uh, And that's something that we we would uh, never had thought uh, it 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 wasn't actually in our plans so for us that's that's the next project really and it's a, it's a big project because there is a lot of work to do on the house there is also my atelier professional kitchen there is a studio for my mom uh, and we are trying to bring my mom to come and live with us here uh so it's a it's a big project but it doesn't mean that it's set in stone so for now I don't have anything that tells me that we are going to be moving because the move is still going on the project is still going on that's what happens really in our cycles we are in a stable situation for a little while I would say three, four years, and then uh, our heads start ticking and (laughs) we start having conversations and we start dreaming about new things, new adventures. And then either there is an opportunity, an outside opportunity that comes to us, or we drive that that opportunity and then we are full on new project new project new project new project and then we make it we make it work we work on it for a little while until we get we hit again that stable that stable phase and that stable phase might last again 2 3 years you never know. Yeah. And then it starts ticking again. So let's
0: wait until we hit the stable phase and then I will tell you. A <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> question for some details. Do you feel that it's usually this change that starts inside you and your husband head, or it's more the outer world brings some opportunities and then you choose?
1: I think the change comes from inside. And then when when you are ready to change you start seeing things in a different way you start seeing opportunities that uh, you know might might have been in front of you for a while but you actually haven't even considered it and then you get help i guess from from the outside but you have to to be able to see the signs and to to really open your chakras and your mind and your eyes and your ears to be able to grab all these things that are, come to you
0: yeah to give it a chance right yeah exactly yeah. Thank you very much Zinep. I have really something to think about after our talk and um <laughs> it's always nice after such talk to ge- to have an idea or a thought i say in my in a pocket so you go around and you have it in your yep. pocket. I wish you a very nice next ideas and next moves and also i hope it will bring a nice thinking to our listeners if they have and see another any opportunity in their life to enrich it and live full thank you very much thank you maria it was inside the tribe and we hear us next time thank you bye